everybody. This is Spooks and Goofs, where we talk about spooky shit. And goofy shit. And we were just jamming out to our song. Dude, I'm still jamming. I love that song. Dude, that's awesome. I don't know why. It's nothing like super it's that special, trap. but it's, it's that just... trap spooky shit. Yeah. It, it mixes, I think, well, the spook and the goof. Dude, I'm still doing the nay-nay. I know. <laughs> I'm still doing the nay-nay. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, anything spooky happened to you this as of, week? As of late? Yeah. No. no. But I do kind of get spooked out because, like, our our lights in the office, they go off randomly. Mm. But it's, like, automatic thing. But Oh, well, then there's no reason to be I know. Be it's not, sp- it's yeah. not really that spooky. But, like, I always, like, run into my office because that's the only source of light. <laughs> so the light goes off and you just take off fucking running? Like, yeah. Oh, run. shit. The oh, light- shit. The demons are trying to get caught. What you sipping on? I am sipping on a Moscato tonight. Ooh, I don't know what I opened. It is also a Moscato. Is it? But it's a different brand. You don't let me do this. I don't, I don't actually even like the fact that you're drinking wine right now. Come on. I have wine and two uh, pancake sticks. <laughs> pancake sausage sticks. That's right. And it is 11.39 p.m. on oh. a Sunday night. <laughs> It's actually when we're recording up. it right now. <laughs> On a Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't normally allow you to drink wine. Got my two pancakes and my mascara. That was really good. Yeah, whatever. That was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, wine is not good for you. I don't. It's great for me. No, it's not. It is. But these are. I know I need to have a sip of yours because I haven't mm. tried that one. Go this one it. is. Um, try it. What was the Let brand of yours. this one? This one's called. Gr- what was it? Oh, shit, I forgot it. Grape and Vine or something like that? This one was called so, The Winking Owl. Little sea story for you. I did a wine tour in France. Oh, I like yours. I did a wine tour in France, so if you switch... If you if swish... If you spill my wine... I'm not going to. If you swish it around, and then you're supposed to like look at the the sides of it... Oh, are they called, like, not stems, but what are they called when they drip down? Your... It starts with an L. Oh. Well... It's fucking cheap wine, and I'm pretty sure... Yeah, give me mine back. Ooh. I like yours. Ooh. I like yours. All the bottles of wine we have in our fridge have been gifted to me by my dance parents. <laughs> Shout out to At our the dance studio. parents. Yeah. Um, this one's... Mine is good. Yeah, I like yours. But really also, good. mine is not as cold as yours, so that might be why it didn't taste as good. I've had it out for a little bit. So but so I am hard. drinking it out of my Ghosts and Gravestones uh, Fright Seeing Tour glass was which, it the saint augustine one yeah which i think it would be i thought it was appropriate and it's like the perfect size it's got like this short little stem and it's just so cute it is so cute. it is cute i had i had to do it tonight i was in the spooky mood i knew we were going to be recording so i thought it would be appropriate yeah it says i survived it really wasn't even that scary i thought it was going to be a lot better honestly Dude, i thought we were going to find so many orbs at yeah the different we need places. to go on a real i took so many pictures with the flash yeah. on i just took random pictures of shit yeah like, like when we were in that wax museum, mm-hmm. I took pictures of like, I don't know who the fuck was in there, Frankenstein. Frankenstein oh, was at one point in there. Yeah, whatever it was that we worked, we, we came in from the back. So whatever was like by the back door, I don't remember. What it Honestly, was. I'm surprised I didn't take like a selfie with like Frankenstein's. Primary, True. Yes. I, I was hoping you were gonna get called up to be the sample or like the example that they did the. Uh, What's that thing? Oh, the, the noose. Gr- the, the noose. Not thing? the noose. Oh. A garrot. Is that what it's called? Where they twist it and twist it and twist it. Oh. So it's not a noose where you drop, but it's the one I that they obviously twist. Obviously, did not pay attention. Yeah, to that I, part. I think it's called a garrot. I could be wrong. I'm not gonna lie. It. The that dude at the jail. He was fucking creepy. He was. In, he was. He was in character. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. I'm surprised that like the girls weren't like truly scared of him. Yeah. They were a little like spooked, but they weren't like scared, scared. Yeah. So, but. uh Anyway, so today I thought we would do, for episode three, I know that we've done a true crime already. Uh-huh. We've done a paranormal with the uh, crybaby fridges. Yes. So I thought this one would be a supernatural episode. Supernatural. Supernatural. I don't like supernatural. You Okay, so we've talked about how I love the spooky shit and you don't. Right. I would get out on the crybaby bridge out of my car and you would not. Absolutely not. I just I drop you off. Don't do aliens. Aliens yeah. creep me the fuck 
out. I know. You don't do space, aliens, Space, and, like, aliens, anything that has to, to do... infinity and beyond. Yeah, anything that has to do with, like, the unknown, like, even the ocean. Alicia does not volunteer as tribute to go space. Absolutely not. And, um, and it, I think it's because... I mean... I want to say that it's because it's it's something that I know is a possibility, like alien Dude, beings. It's true, one hundred percent. But because we know they're there, but we don't know they're there, it's like this really weird, like parallel, what if I'm like dichotomy alien? where it's like, how ironic would that be? If you were an alien, yeah. I would believe it because you're fucking weird. <laughs> what? I love you. Um, <laughs> but I I don't know. It's it's. <clears throat> And it's also the thing about, like, when you hear about people who have experienced, quote, experienced alien abductions, they know they were abducted, but they barely have any memories or recollections right. of what happened. It's like, it's the fact that something did happen, but they have no fucking clue what Here's it is. Here's a question. Why is it mostly, like, pretty much Midwestern people? I feel like they have more open areas and, like, rural areas where, right. like, a, an aircraft could come down or a fucking spacecraft could come down and like the the chances of it being seen are spaceship no worries ufos but i feel like there's a a better chance of them not being seen but they can't land in the middle of a city like in the middle of new york city without yes and they don't really want people to know they're there so like they can't land in an area where what's your favorite you know you don't really have a favorite but like favorite space movie well the one i don't really watch space movies i know but i think the one that i hate the most because I love scary movies, but right. the one that I hate the most because it's all about aliens and spooks the shit out of me is The Fourth Kind. Oh my god, bro. That movie... That movie fucked me up. And it still fucks me up. It's hard for me to watch that movie. The tape recordings that they play... Oh, 100%. I, I, if you haven't mm, seen mm, The mm. Fourth Kind, mm. like, I legitimately love space, but that shit yeah. fucked me up. Because Alaska is a lot of open area. Oh, for, by the way, if you know any anybody from Nome, Alaska, they're a fucking alien. <laughs> or they've been probed by one. Yeah. All up in their butt. <laughs> All up oh, in God. their butt. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, I don't do aliens. But I thought this would be fun anyway, and I thought you would enjoy it. Oh, so dude, here yes. we go. Are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. So we're talking about Frederick Valentich. And I'm pretty sure in some other language that that comes from, it's not Valentich, but I was trying to find... How do you spell that? It's like Valentine, but C-H instead of the N-E. So Valentich. I was thinking Valentich. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, but every time I tried to find a pronunciation, it was always Valentich. Hmm. So I'm just going to go with Valentich. Maybe European for sure. I saw that it could be a French name and that they would say it like... Valentich. (laughs) <laughs> or some shit like that. <laughs> so I'm just going with Valentich. You gotta add the phlegm in there. Yeah, you need a lot of phlegm. Uh, Frederick Valentich was a 20-year-old Australian pilot who Ooh. had about 150 hours of flight time under his belt. That's not that much. Yeah, no, not really. Not I was not compared to the things I was seeing. Right. It seems like a lot at first, and then it's like, mm, to be able to fly a plane in all types of different scenarios. Right. Um, he held a class four instrument rating, which authorized him to fly at night. Right. But he had to make regular contact with ground control, and he could only fly in visual meteorological conditions. So I had like, no clue what that was. That's like fifty thou. Well, I I looked it up, and meteorological conditions, or VMC is what it was called, visual is when pilots have sufficient visibility to fly the aircraft, maintaining visual separation from terrain and other aircraft, as opposed to using instruments to maintain yeah, it's like 50, uh, clearance. 50,000 what? Hours? No, no, no. Oh. Feet, bro. Oh, 50,000 feet. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I mean, that's high up there, though. Yeah. That's high up He does not go that high in this story, though. Oh, okay. Um, Frederick was a member of the RAAF, the Royal Australian Air Force Air Training Corps. Hmm. And had applied to enlist in the RAAF twice, but was rejected both times for inadequate educational qualifications. And I just said corpse. What? I meant core. I said corpse, but I meant core. So wait, hold on a second. He was ineligible because of educate, like what? For inadequate educational qualifications. He tried to enlist twice and then was rejected both times. I mean, he's persistent. This is in the 70s though, so things were different, I think. All right. 
um, which we'll get to too, uh, to the time frame too. Um, Roger. He was also studying part-time to become a commercial pilot, but had a poor achievement record, failing, <laughs> failing twice, again, all five commercial license examinations that he took. So I guess he had to take five separate together, and he did all five of them twice and failed both times with that as well. Interesting. So um, he wasn't doing so good. Uh, he had been involved in some highly frowned upon flying incidents during his flight time also. Well, you do fly by, like Top Gun shit? He once flew into a controlled zone in Sydney and received a warning, and he deliberately flew into a cloud on two separate occasions and was also almost prosecuted. You can't do that, mate. What's wrong with flying into a cloud? I mean, don't planes fly into clouds all the time when they're... No, you're not... No. That's... You can't do that. But when you're in a plane and there's clouds literally everywhere... You fly above them or below them. Oh. Okay. You have to find, like, an open spot... Listen, in no way, shape, or form am I a pilot. I know that's not a <laughs> I lot. mean, I know you probably know a few things because of your military time, but... Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, he was almost uh, prosecuted for those. Times. <laughs> um, and he was only 20, so... My dog, he was he's a, a free spirit. Yeah. Um, so, on Saturday, October 21st, 1978, Frederick leaves from the Moorabbin Airport in Victoria at 6.19 p.m., for a 125 nautical mile training flight in a Cessna 182L light aircraft after doing all his pre-flight safety checks and finding that everything was in working order. His flight would take him over the Bass Strait, which is a strait that separated the island state of Tasmania from the Australian yeah, mainland Tasmania, and yeah. the coast of Victoria. Okay, I know exactly where he's at. Um, at 7.06 p.m., Frederick radioed the Melbourne Flight Service to report that an unidentified aircraft was following him at about 4,500 feet elevation, hmm. but that it was about 1,000 feet overhead of him and was moving at a high speed. So he was at, four, like, at most 45. And the, yeah, and then, and then the, aircraft so the aircraft was another 1,000 um, so above 55. him. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, it was moving at a high speed. Melbourne Flight Service told him there was no known traffic at that level. Frederick described it as a large aircraft that was illuminated by four bright landing lights, and I also saw somewhere that it were, they were in like a square or like a rectangle. But he could not confirm what type of aircraft it was. Um, how many landing lights are usually on a commercial aircraft? Uh, I a would lot, say, right? I would say two, at oh, okay. least two. On the, on the wings? Yeah, port side and starboard side. So yeah, these were like four in a square, which Ooh, is not normal, I think. Interesting. <laughs> He reported that the aircraft was approaching him from the east and thought that the pilot of the other aircraft might have been toying with him. He said that it was, quote, orbiting above him, which to me seems like it was going in a circle. Right. Um, and he could see it had a shiny metal surface and a green light on it. Hmm. Then he reported that he was starting to experience engine problems. The Melbourne Flight Service asked him again if he could identify the aircraft, and he radioed back, it's not an aircraft. The transmission was then interrupted by an unidentified noise described as metallic scraping sounds before all contact was lost. Whoa. And they never heard from him again. Well, this dude is still missing? Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get into it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A search and rescue mission was then underway by air and sea. Included in the search was an RAAF, which is the, the Australian Air Force, right. Lockheed P-3 Orion aircraft, right. eight civilian aircraft, and ship traffic. They searched for four days and covered over 1,000 square miles. The search effort ceased on October 25th, which is JoJo's birthday, October 25th, 1978, without any findings. They didn't find the plane. They didn't find parts like an, of the plane. This is like an Amelia Earhart Yeah, shit. kind of. Yeah. Ooh, spooky, uh, yeah, they didn't find any, shit. like, at that time, they didn't find any type of, uh, like, parts from the plane or anything like that. Well... Okay, so his path was through what strait again? What was it called again? The Bass Strait. The Bass Strait. So from Tasmania to Australia-ish area. I mean, dang. Yeah. They looked over a thousand square miles and they didn't find anything. I did hear in another um, podcast episode I was listening to that they found like a oil puddle somewhere and i think they found it in the water like they saw like an oil patch mm. um but they didn't find anything surrounding it no parts nothing broken down like right. so 
that's like the only thing that I heard that they might have found in the area, but they didn't find anything else. But that could be from anything. But it could be from a boat. It could be from, yeah. Yeah. Especially if, like, I also heard that and read that they're, like, this strait was really busy for a lot of commercial aircraft. Right. And things like that. So, I mean, I don't think there were any reports of any other planes breaking down or, like, having any type of issues. But Mm. um, Maybe that's, like, Australia's, like, Bermuda Triangle kind of thing. It's funny that you said that. Because that's exactly what reports have said. Yeah. Because there's other reports of other, um, like, disappearances and weirdness going on in that area, too. Um, So what's weird about all this is that Frederick Valentich was known as a flying saucer enthusiast and was Mm. a huge believer in UFOs, so much so that he was worried about potentially being attacked by them. Mm. Um, Him and his whole family were very much into the... Uh, extraterrestrial. So he was already on a list, bro. Yeah. So he was already very interested and thought that because I guess maybe that he was a pilot that he would at some point run into something like this. Um, So this had people speculating that he staged his own disappearance. He reportedly had enough fuel to fly 500 miles to Cape Otway, which was supposedly part of his flight, but his aircraft was never plotted on radar, making investigators doubt that it ever went near Cape Otway. And Melbourne police received reports of a light aircraft making a mysterious landing not far from Cape Otway in the same time, at the same time as his disappearance. The reported destination of his flight was King Island, and he told officials he was going to pick up some friends while telling others he was going to pick up crayfish and bring some back home. Hmm. Investigators later found both reasons to be untrue, as no one was expecting him at either place. They talked to friends. No one said that they actually talked to him and were expecting him to come over. The people, I guess, you had to... I don't know how it works, but let the people know, have the crayfish, like, hey, I'm going to go and get some fucking crayfish and bring it back. So Hmm. nobody had talked to him. Frederick had also uh, failed to inform King Island Airport of his intention to land there at all, which goes against protocol. So he's still messing up all over the place. Dude. Uh, Another explanation is that Frederick became disoriented and ended up flying upside down and that the lights he was seeing were his own aircraft's lights reflecting in the water, causing him to eventually crash into the water. However, the model Cessna he was flying could not have flown inverted for as long, uh, for long as it had a gravity feed fuel system. Dude, he is not Top Gun worthy. Meaning the engine would have cut out quickly and wouldn't have stayed long, long enough for all of his observations and reports. When he had called in to the ground control. So the inverted thing is a no-go. Yeah, I think it's a no-go too. Mythbusters. Yeah. I mean, because we'll, we'll get into it later about like how long his radio transmissions were and stuff like that. Right. But from what I'm gathering is he wouldn't have been able to get through that entire transmission with ground, uh, ground control if he were upside down the whole time because his plane would have given out sooner. So mm. another explanation is suicide, but interviews with doctors and colleagues who knew him eliminated this as a possibility. Now, we know now that these days, especially after a lot of recent happenings, that it really doesn't matter yeah. what people say, and it still could be a possibility. So, in the 70s, they weren't as woke about mental health and things, um, but that's like a... that's it's probably more drug-induced then. Yeah, there's nothing else really into that, though, that you're just yeah. saying. They're throwing it out there as a possibility. Mm. In 2013, an astronomer and retired U.S. AF, so a United States Air Force pilot, James, oh, I'm going to fuck this name up. I had it and now I lost it. Megaha? Megaha? M-C-G-A-H-A. Megaha. I think it's Megaha. And author Joe Nickel reviewed the radio transcripts and other data and proposed that because he was inexperienced, he was deceived by the illusion of a tilted horizon, which is a result of imbalance in your vestibular system and tried to compensate he inadvertently put his aircraft into a downward graveyard spiral, which he might have mistook for normal orbiting of the aircraft. The G-forces of the tightening spiral would decrease fuel flow, resulting oh, in... Oh, he would have been in G-lock, for sure. G- oh, uh, G-force. Mm-hmm. Um, resulting in rough idling that he had reported to ground control. Mm. And then Megaya and uh, Nickel explained that this... Uh, that the lights, sorry, I had a typo in there and I couldn't figure out what the fuck I was trying to say. The lights he saw would have been planets, Venus, Mars, and Mercury, along with the star Ooh. Antares. Ooh. Which, I don't know if I could ever see lights or stars or in planets and think that they're bright 
lights from a air, an aircraft. I doubt they would be bright enough to be mistaken for aircraft lights. I don't know. I know they can be bright out in the middle of nowhere, but not that bright. Um, yeah, but, you know, you're kind of closer. 45K up? I know, but still, like, really that bright from that far away? I don't know, bro. I think that's... I don't know. I'm not a fucking... Whatchamacallit? Astronomer? Astronomer and pilot. I it, I could be 100% wrong, but that just seems kind of far-fetched for me. You could absolutely be an astronomer and a pilot. We be, could be heroes. Just for one day. That's not the song I was singing. Oh. I was singing, we could be heroes. But... I was going, was it, who sings that song? Is that you two? I don't know. Oh. I don't know which one you're singing. Anyway, uh, now let's hear from the ufologists. Now, let me tell you, I didn't even know that that was, yeah. Before researching this, I didn't even know that that was like a title. The fuck is a ufologist? People who literally study UFOs. Oh. Ufologists. I thought they were just. And I had to look up the pronunciation because I'm like, is it ufologist? Because like, or is it ufologist? Like, it's literally UFO logists. Okay. I had no idea it was a thing. Uh, so you, uh, ufologists have speculated that extraterrestrials either destroyed the aircraft or abducted him. Duh. Following some belated reports from other civilians of a UFO sighting in Australia on the night of the disappearance. They reported an erratically moving green light in the sky, which the ufologists believe is a significant report because of the green light mentioned in Frederick's radio transmissions. Mm. So I have a couple stories of those sightings as well really so the australia department of transportation gets a call from a man named p far the article only had him as p far so they didn't put like his full name so we'll call him so first initial p yeah oh i yeah. thought his first name was p like P. no like like initial so maybe like how we'll call much him, uh, do your parents peter. hate you i'm gonna call him peter oh, we'll sure. call him peter peter at the park yeah he reported uh, that he saw something in the sky at 6.55 p.m., hmm. which was before Frederick's call to traffic control, which I think it was 7.09? It was 7.09 p.m. 6.55. Huh? 6.55 and 7.06 p.m. Hmm. is when he radioed to the ground control. Um, and he said he was driving south towards the Bass Strait and saw about 30 bright lights falling like rain with big plumes of exhaust trails behind them. He thought at first that it was a meteor shower, but then thinks that it could have been something otherworldly after learning about Frederick's disappearance the next day. So he didn't think anything of it at first. He's like, oh, maybe it's a meteor shower. Like, that's kind of weird. Right. Then the next morning, he it was put on the news or whatever that they were looking for Frederick, and he was like, oh, shit, that's the same area I saw all those weird lights in. I bet you that wasn't something just like a meteor shower. That must be something. I don't know. That could have been like pieces of the plane like on mm, fire. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's so, true. Okay, well, listen, there's a couple others that are going to make you probably think otherwise. Hmm. On the same night, another man named Jon Snow was with his family on the way to Barwon Heads by the Bass Strait. Jon Snow. Jon Snow. They're, they were driving at 11.55 p.m., so a couple hours later, um, after he had called in, when his 11-year-old son said that he saw a greenish-white light zoom across the sky. No one else that, in the family saw anything, uh, but they thought it was worth reporting to authorities, so they did end up telling the authorities, like, just in case, because that was still the same night, so I don't think it had come out in the news yet, but they reported it to them, being like, this was something weird that he saw. Hmm. So they kept it in mind for future investigation right um another one is that an anonymous farmer who lived in adelaide which was 450 miles away Sheesh. so nowhere nearby but he reported seeing a flying saucer the morning after frederick went missing he said which i guess if the ufo is traveling from you know 7 p.m at night till the next morning it could possibly go 450 miles if it's going fast enough dude yeah so he said it was almost 100 feet in diameter and was hovering over his property and said that he saw a Cessna airplane stuck to it. Like, mm. stuck to the belly 
Like magnetic shit? Like fucking Velcroed that shit <laughs> to the bottom of this fucking UFO. Damn. Just chilling over his farm. Right? Hmm. Um, he said he wrote down the plane's registration number. So apparently he could see... It was so low that he could see the tail the, number. The fucking registration number for the plane. And, but he wouldn't come out and say straight out if it matched Fredericks or not from the reports. Dude, that's some government shit right there. So what's even sketchier, though, is that he didn't come out until way after the news had already reported it. Mm. So they might have thought that this could have been a hoax and just him, like, trying to, like, make some shit up. Right. But, so, that's, take that with a grain of salt, I guess, if you will. Sure. Um, now, this one is going to be the one that makes you think, hmm. like... This is some government cover-up bullshit. Let's go. So, transcripts from the final radio broadcast. Okay. The Australian Department of Transportation didn't want to release them, because they never do. But the public's pressure was too intense, so they finally caved and released the written transcripts. Okay. They never released the original audio tapes, but they released the paper ones, um, the written-down transcripts. A UFO expert and author, Richard Haynes, claims they did not match. He was able to get a leaked copy of the actual audio recording. And the original recording that he got was six and a half minutes long, just like the transcripts were. Mm -hmm. But the recording itself had time codes that covered a little over 12 minutes. So there were timestamps somewhere in the recording that he could see that had a like longer timestamps and timestamps that he didn't see on the actual recording that he got. First of all, how did he get the whole recording? He is it was leaked. I don't know. It just says that he got a leaked copy. Uh. So which insinuates that someone cut about five minutes from the tape before they released it. That sounds like government shit. Mm-hmm. Certain parts of the call were censored and officials were very vague about why. One article in the Melbourne Sun was um said it was edited, quote, in the interest of national security. Bro. So if they're sitting here saying, oh, Bro. this was an accident, or he killed himself, or he was uh, disoriented, or whatever, like, what part of that says national security breach? None Bro. of it. None of it says national security breach. Bro. Yeah, fucking weird, right? So then there was another report from a group called the Ground Saucer Watch, based out of... yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Based out of Phoenix, Arizona, claims that there were photos taken by a plumber on the day of Frederick's disappearance. Hold on a second. Yeah, a plumber. So the story behind (laughs) the plumber is that he and his son were out taking pictures of the sunset. And I guess they took a few pictures. They were, I don't know. They they went in the 70s. They had to go back to like the fucking red light room or whatever and develop these photos in a mm-hmm. weird ass way couldn't take it to a kodak place no right? and you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't send them a mobile order to walgreens oh damn um so they went and developed these photos and saw something weird but i guess the guy was a plumber so they just called him the plumber um so they saw that or they showed a, a fast moving object exiting the water near cape oddway oddway lighthouse which is where he was supposedly supposed to be going through. Right. Uh, and were proof of a, quote, bona fide unknown flying object of moderate dimensions, apparently surrounded by a cloud-like vapor slash exhaust residue, although the pictures themselves were not clear enough to identify the object. I have the picture. No shit. Let me see them. So the picture, of course, is old. Ooh. That's the picture. So you can see that it's weirdly shaped. Right. But there is an exhaust plume behind it. And it is definitely not an airplane shape or any type of regular aircraft. Interesting. It looks like a blob. Like it looks like a chicken nugget with a fucking like <laughs> s- like spilled barbecue sauce. It looks like a chicken side. nugget with a cape, bro. <laughs> and we'll put these on the, the show notes too so you guys can see. Oh my um, God. So apparently though, they didn't see this at the time they actually took the photo. I wish you would have never said chicken nugget. Now I want some chicken nuggets, bro. <laughs> Um, yeah, they never saw this in the, in the sky when they were actually taking the photos and they didn't see it till they had gone and, and like developed them. Do you think like it, it emerged from the, it emerged from the ocean? Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, it didn't really specify, but they, cause like I said, they didn't even see it originally. They didn't see it till they developed it. So they really didn't know exactly where it came from. If it was just like from the sky, from like 
mm. a, you know, the east or the south or whatever. It was so fast it was breaking the sound barrier. I'm but, pretty sure they would have noticed something like but that. But it would have made a sound, too. Exactly. Yeah. They would have noticed that. But they didn't Ooh. notice anything weird when they were taking the pictures until they went back and developed it. Weird. Yeah. So they didn't know what the fuck it was, but they were like, this is weird considering all this talk of this UFOs. This is weird. And then five years after the aircraft went missing, an engine cowl flap. I don't know what that is, cowl flap. You're asking me... I don't know. Looking at me like I would know. Was found washed ashore on Flinders Island, which is a 528 square mile island in the Bass Strait, northeast of the island of Tasmania. So general same area. About yeah, especially where wherever the current flows too. Right. In July 1983, the Bureau of Air Safety Investigation asked the Royal Australian Navy Research Labor- Laboratory. I almost went laboratory. I almost went total like Dexter's laboratory. <laughs> Royal Australian Navy Research Laboratory <laughs> about the likelihood that the cow flap might have traveled to its ultimate position from the region where the aircraft disappeared. The Bureau noted that, quote, the part has been identified as having come from a Cessna 182 aircraft between a certain range of serial numbers, unquote, which included his aircraft. Oh, shit, son. Are you ready for this? Sure. I found the transcripts. From the transmission. No, you didn't. So, we're going to go back and forth here in radio chat. Okay, hold on a second. So, you found the written one or the The audio? written one. Okay, let's go. Okay. Let's do this. So, Valentich in this, I guess his call name is Delta Sierra Juliet. I don't know what DSJ normally would stand for in terms of an acronym for him. But he calls himself Delta Sierra Juliet. Uh, I mean, it's... It could be, it could be his, you know, his call sign that he's been assigned. I mean, it, it's right. But I'm just wondering stuff, if it stands for something. But I don't know what, if it's like an acronym or no, anything. No, I don't think so. Okay, so he says, Melbourne. This is Delta Sierra Juliet. Is there any known traffic below five thousand? And they say, and it's listed as FSU, which I think was flight service unit i think is what it is flight sure. service unit says delta sierra juliet no known traffic valentich says delta sierra juliet i am seems to be a large aircraft below 5000 then fsu says what type of aircraft is it he says i cannot confirm it is for bright it seems to be like landing lights then they call him delta sierra juliet that's all they say he says, Melbourne, this is Delta Sierra Juliet. The aircraft has just passed over me at at least five or at least a thousand feet above. FSU says, Roger, and it it is a large aircraft, confirm? He says, er, unknown due to the speed it's traveling. Is there any Air Force aircraft in the vicinity? They say, no known aircraft in the vicinity. He says, Melbourne, it's approaching now from due east towards me. They say, Delta Sierra Juliet, and then there's an open mic for two seconds. He says, it seems to me that he's playing some sort of game. He's flying over me three times at a time at speeds I could not identify. They say, Roger, what is your actual level? And he says, my level is four and a half thousand, four five zero zero. They say, and confirm, you cannot identify the aircraft. And Valentich says, affirmative. They say, Roger, stand by. Then Valentich comes back and says, it's not an aircraft, it is. And then there's another open mic for two seconds. So it's like it's cutting out every time he's trying to really say, like, what kind of uh, aircraft it is. And they say, can you describe the uh, aircraft? And he says, as it's flying past, it's a long shape. Then the open mic for three seconds. Cannot identify more than that. It has such speed. Open mic for three seconds. Before me, right now, Melbourne. They say, Roger, and how large would the er, object be? Because they're probably like, what do I call it? Like, Right. They're probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, what else could it be? He says, it seems like it's stationary. What I'm doing right now is orbiting, and the thing is just orbiting on top of me also. It's got a green light and sort of metallic, like, it's all shiny on the outside. Then they call him Delta Sierra Juliet. He says, open mic for, f- or there's an open mic for five seconds. He said, it's just vanished. They call him Delta Sierra Juliet. He says, Melbourne, would you know what kind of aircraft I've got? Is it a type of military aircraft? They say, confirm the aircraft just vanished. 
And he says, say again. They said, is the aircraft still with you? And he says, it's a no, nor, nor, it's Australian, nor, (laughs) nor, nor, open mic for two seconds. Now approaching from the Southwest, they call him Delta Sierra Juliet. He says, the engine is, is rough idling. I've got it set at 23, 24, and the thing is coughing. They say, Roger, what are your intentions? He says, my intentions are uh, to go to King Island, uh, Melbourne. That strange aircraft is hovering on top of me again. Two seconds of open mic. It's hovering, and it's not an aircraft. Delta Sierra Juliet. Delta Sierra Juliet, Melbourne, and then nothing. 17 seconds of open mic, which means at this time, he has to physically hold down the button the entire time he's talking. Right. So he's physically holding down the button for 17 full seconds of open mic, which is a long time. Uh, yeah. That's a long time for an open mic. 17 seconds. And there's nothing until they start to kind of hear that weird clanking metallic sound that, that they could be from the heard. Engine. But they said it was like a scratching, screeching, kind of like weird metallic sounding. Mm. That could be from the plane like disintegrating. I mean, I guess it could be, yeah. They call him again, uh, Delta Sierra Juliet, Melbourne, and that's it. Interesting. So the last thing he said was, it's hovering, and it's not an aircraft. And then it's out. Hmm. So, but apparently, that's only half of the original radio transmission. That's the transcript that they released, but then the other author said... But it's of national security. Right. So what else is... And then they said that everything that he tried to describe, that there was a bunch of things that were censored out. So he said trying to describe it more and say things. And they cut it out. And then they cut out like minutes of other transmission. Right. So that's that. And that is Frederick Valentich there. Hmm. And that's him by his plane. Interesting. And they have yet to ever find out what happened. That is spooky, dude. I don't like that shit. That's the shit I don't like. That's the shit I don't like. I don't like that a fucking alien's gonna come and steal me and probe my butthole and then just be like, yeah, it's creepy as fuck, man. Because the shit... Ooh, and I'll tell you what, after watching the newest American Horror Stories... Mm. Oh... My God, that shit fucked me all the way For up. Reels? I ha- you have to watch it. I know you don't like watching that stuff, but because it's aliens, I feel like you'd really like it. Mm. Fucked me all the way up. It was really good. It was really fucking creepy. So, what do you think? Of this whole What do you think about thing? this? So, Valentich, Valentich yeah. whatever his name is, obviously, like it, like, like you said in the beginning, 150 hours tops, right? Of yeah. flight time. So that's not very many. Um, the whole him seeing something out there, I am sure there are, and, and if there are any pilots listening at this point, like. <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> like, if there are any pilots. Zach, we need to get you in on this, man. If Zach, if you're listening, bro, and. and if you've ever seen something, dude, holler at us, bro. We want to know. Yeah. But, like, if there's, like, seasoned pilots out there that are listening, holler at us. I, I want to know what you have seen in the air. Or. There has got to be. It doesn't matter if you're 150 hours, 150,000 hours, a million. Yeah. I am sure there are plenty of pilots out there who have seen some weird shit in the air. Yeah. And like, I can't even. But that's why, that's what I hate. That's what I hate. It's like, it's, it's all the way up in the fucking air or it's all the way down in the ocean. And I'm not going either way. I know you hate. I hate flying. I really do hate flying. I know you hate. I don't, I haven't flown a lot, but I just don't enjoy it. (laughs) Right. I know you hate like shit in the sky and beyond. And Mm -hmm. I know you hate shit below the surface of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Now here's the cool thing. Here's what I really think is that. Yes, do I think that are there UFOs out there? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think that there's underwater civilizations that the UFOs go to? 
Absolutely. What? Don't even start, dude. I'm no, telling you, bro. no, 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 no. I'm telling you, bro. No. I'm telling. Don't you. go that route. I never. I didn't think about them communicating like that. I'm telling you right now, dude. Even in your story, they the fucking UFO came out of the fucking ocean. I don't remember saying anything about it coming out of the ocean. Oh, I thought you it said was a, it was a piece of the airplane that washed no, up. No, I thought you said when they took the picture, it, something came out of the fucking. No, ocean. you asked if it had, and I said I don't know. They didn't oh, see it when they actually oh, took oh. the picture. I one hundred percent think that there's. But you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Cloverfield. I know it's another movie and it's not real, but you know how at the very like end of the movie when they go back to the footage, like the home footage mm-hmm. that they took. And you could see the alien thing falling out of the sky into the ocean. Oh, I wonder. And then all of a sudden it attacks all like everybody in New York. Dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There is something Mm-mm. underneath the ocean. No. Everywhere. No. No. I know there's weird fucking creepy shit in the ocean. I don't want to know about it. And I'm not going in the ocean. I'll lay on the beach in the warm sand. I ain't going in no fucking ocean. I don't want to go on a cruise. Alien fucking spooky shit happens on cruises that's true uh some they, someone just got pulled out of the water over in the cape yeah i'm not doing that shit no thing. and i'm telling you every single cruise ship is fucking haunted as hell oh bro 100 percent. not going there <laughs> i don't think i could do it i always wanted to but i've listened so many, to too much there's so many like debts i had to deal with out in the port bro. yeah come on now yeah every single and then the cruise boards like the the actual cruise terminals too yeah. Oh, like Cruise Terminal 10? 100%. As we triangulate our locations for everybody Bro, to I listen. should I tell them about the fucking Cruise Terminal 10 story? Oh, with the glass break? Is that what you're talking about? No, not that glass break. The the one with the chains and then someone saying, like, saying, hey. Yeah, that one. And then the one where you saw the orb break the glass. That wasn't at a cruise terminal. Oh. That was at a separate building. But I'll tell you that story, too. Yeah, that's spooky. So I was at... I was at Cruise Terminal 10. This is, again, I've been on night shift for like how many freaking years now? Forever? Forever, yeah. Anyway, I was working night shift and I was going through the terminals. Part of my job is to go to every single cruise terminal, walk through it, and make sure every door that needs to be locked is locked, everything is secure, nobody's in there, blah, blah, blah. Now, mind you, these cruise terminals are freaking huge. Yeah. Freaking huge. And we have like 9 million cameras inside the terminals at itself. So the girl that was working the court comm center at the time can confirm this as well. So I was walking through baggage claim. And this was before Cruise Terminal 10 got redone. So it was the old school Cruise Terminal 10. And it was three stories. So again, I'm on the first floor going through baggage, baggage claim and like, the customs area and I was walking through walking through walking through then all of a sudden I hear hey and I turn around and I mean like instantly my hair stood up mm. like instantly Oof. and so I turn around I shine my flash I'm like what the fuck and so I go investigate I'm like Who the fuck is in this because as far as I know I'm the only one yeah. in this whole entire terminal right I have not seen anybody yet. I've done nothing. I literally have seen, haven't seen anybody. Yeah. And so I call my team lead guy. He's on the other side of the port. Of course. There's two other people on the shift with me that are rovers as well. And they're on the other side of the port. Like there's a north side and the south side. And Christopher 10 is on the north side. I'm the only one on the north side. So... Again, I go and I don't see anybody. I don't find anybody, but I continue my check and I go back to the comm center. Yeah. And so when I get back to the comm center, the comm center girl was like, yo, you good? And I was like, no, I'm not. She's like, I was watching you through the whole entire like. Oh, because of the security cameras? The the, the terminals? Yeah, because like yeah. in the port comm center. I don't know if you've been there. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So they have like 9 million TVs in there. Yeah, I didn't think about that at first. screens and yeah. everything. So we have every single terminal on. Oh, and she was probably like, what the fuck is going on? And she sees me turn around real quick. And she was like, she's like, when I saw you turn around, 
my hairs instantly turn up. Because she's thinking, like, what the fuck is he about to get into? Like, she's about, she's on her, the edge of her seat thinking, like, who am I about to, like, have to notify? I'm about to have, like, emergency radio traffic. Right. So, again, this Center girl is, like, scared for me. And I was like, I heard somebody say, hey. And so I had her, like, bring back up the tape. And mm-hmm. she see, and you literally see me walking through the terminal at that time where I heard, hey, I turn around real quick and, like, f- shine my flashlight and, like, go investigate and everything. And I, like, I didn't realize how fast I was moving, but I moved fast away yeah. from the thing. So, long story short, later later on in, like, the months ahead, one of the guys who had been there for a long time was like, hey, do you know the story of Cruise Terminal 10? And I'm like, no. No, but I would like to know now that I've had my... Yeah, and like, <laughs> like, no, but please tell me. Yeah. And so he tells me that there was, like, a few years ago, there was a family that was in... So, the cruise terminal 10. So, there's one baggage claim on one side of the one side of the, uh, the terminal. Yeah. And then there's another baggage claim on the complete opposite side. In the middle, that's where... That's where, like, customs is. Everybody checks in and mm-hmm. everybody checks out of customs. Right. right. So I was farthest to the west side of the cruise terminal. Mm-hmm. And that there's an elevator that goes up. There's an elevator on both sides, but this is, I was right near the elevator. Apparently, there was a family of four. The elevator m- malfunctioned and it fell to the first floor oh, from the third floor. Oh, my God. And they died. All of them? All of them. Only two flo- I mean, I feel like... I mean, I know that's a crazy, like, drop. Right. But, like, two floors to kill four people? Hey, listen. I... Oh. Less things Ooh. have happened, right? I mean, I people guess, People slip like, on banana peels and die. I mean, I get it, yeah. But that just seems so just bizarre. Right. Oh, my God. So that's what happened, and that's... Shit. I'm guessing that's where... Yeah. That's why I heard the hay, so... Oh my god, that's crazy. Cruise Terminal 6, I had I was walking through the long hallway. It's the the, the super long hallway. That's where everybody boards the ship. Mm-hmm. And there's like pull chains for like garage door things to open up. Well, there is no draft at all. But the chains of these pull garage doors, I was walking through. And I heard, I literally, I swear up and down. I literally heard as if someone just smacked the crap out of these chains. Oh, my God. And I look behind me, and the chains are swinging. Ugh. Dude, I have never ran so fast out of a cruise Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Never. Oh, my God. Never. Yikes. Yeah. So, all the cruise terminals. Anyway, so, back on track with the alien shit, right? So, 2020 happens, right? Oh, yeah. 2020 happens. What happened in 2020? COVID, right? Right. So COVID happens. Everybody's in this uproar about COVID and how it's the worst thing in the world, which, which again, it is. It's, yeah. it's like our modern day pandemic that happened. Right? right. So in the middle of COVID, mm-hmm. right, NASA... And the military want to drop like a incognito, like, hey, UFOs are fucking real, mm-hmm. right? Do you remember this? I'm going to look it up right now. Right? So, the military declassifies this issue in 2020, right? And announces that US UFOs, I think in conjunction with NASA, but NASA basically says like, hey... We're declassifying this thing. By the way, UFOs are fucking real. Yeah. In and the there was middle, a, they had they had seen one. Weren't they flying? Yes. So in the middle of fucking COVID, where like everybody's focus was not really on this like release. Oh my god. Right. No, what I'm reading right now. What are you reading? They have NASA has announced that they are doing UFO studies. Oh, 100%. And they have picked 16 researchers. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm so, on, 2020, on. right? 2020 happens. They released this fucking video where it happened in, like, 
there was a sighting in like oh five and then in also in two thousand seventeen. Well there's a or I'm sorry, oh four in two thousand seven or two thousand fifteen. Okay. Where <clears throat> this Navy pilots, right? These Navy pilots were fucking flying around in an undisclosed fucking location and they come about this UFO. <laughs> Right. Hey there, UFO. Hello there, UFO. <laughs> How right. are you today? Hey, sir. Where'd you come from? Hey, sir. <laughs> you don't have a reservation here tonight, sir. You're new. This is not where you parked your car, right? <laughs> so these fucking pilots, they fucking follow this thing. Oh, God. Like, and I mean. I'd be shitting every pair of pants that I own. <laughs> like. I can't. They follow this thing. And I mean, this thing is taking crazy evasive maneuvers it's doing like hard right turns hard left turns fucking doing crazy upward spirals and shit and like these navy pilots are like oh shit i probably should get in like engagement mode there are so many articles i'm sorry to cut you off again there are so many articles saying that they have put together a team to to research I'm getting to it you have a, but why is nobody talking about this i'm getting to it oh I'm my god it, right i can't so these pilots are fucking following this thing and like, I mean, the transmission, the radio transmission of these things like, hey, um, base, yeah, we're fucking following this thing oh my and God. it's making these maneuvers. It does not want to be followed. And then all of a sudden it's on camera and then it like goes in hyperspeed mode and it just goes like, the, like it's going forward and then all of a sudden it just makes a fucking hard like boop <gasps> up. Oh my god. Right? Like it doesn't even turn up, it just levitates. It just fucking goes up fast oh as fuck. Oh my god, it's so creepy. Oh my god. And so the pilots, they like... Oh gosh. Sorry, so pilots, the pilots like break off and they like point their noses up and trying to find it again. It goes up towards the sun. Oh fuck no. So where the pilots can't see shit, right? And then it just disappears. Nope. So that's the video... That nope. fucking, like, if you look it up right now. Is this it? Yeah, this is it, bro. So, right. So, like, oh, it's making shit. hard right turns. Like, right now, they're making hard, hard right turn. It's fucking going. It's a triangle. Yeah, bro. And see, it's making those <gasps> landing lights and everything. Oh, look my, at that shit. Oh, my God. I have such goosebumps all over my body right now. I can't. I'm oh, my you. God. This stuff gives me the, like, like Amelia says, the EBGBs. Right, bro. Oh, so, my God. So, here, it's. It's the most timely thing that oh, this yeah. that this becomes declassified and they release it in 2020 when no one's going to be paying attention to it. Correct. Everyone's worried about. So COVID. years down the line, so NASA has decided. Well, going back to what you've been saying, right. NASA has decided 16 members of I think it's like 13 members of NASA, one person from like the Pentagon, and then one person from like. I don't know, some fucking military. I think it's, a, I'll have to go back and find it. If I don't it, fucking know. Yeah. But there's like very specific people that they have chosen to investigate UFO sightings, UFO findings, UFO everything. Okay, listen to this. This is from ABC News and it says, top Pentagon, Pentagon officials told a house panel on Tuesday. Now this article came out May 17th, 2022 that they are now close to 400 reports from military personnel of possible encounters with UFOs, a significant increase from the 144 tracked in a major report released last year by the U.S. intelligence community. A Navy official also said that Tuesday's hearing that at Tuesday's hearing that investigators are reasonably confident the floating pyramid-shaped objects captured on one leaked widely seen military video were likely drones. Now they're trying to backtrack and say they nah, were drones. Son. Nah, son. No drones are shaped like that. No, nah, I've never seen a drone shaped like that. Not in a pyramid shape. No. no. The footage, that footage, which the military confirmed last year was authentic, had helped spur interest in the purported UFOs, also referred to as unidentified aerial phenomena or UAPs. You can call them UAPs. You can call them UFOs. I don't give a fuck what you call them. Aliens. Oh my god. Yeah, bro. Now they're trying to fucking backtrack. Yeah. Oh, this is creepy as hell. I'm telling you, 
like sometime this week or next week or whatever, we need to watch. I want you to start watching that American Horror Story season that just came out. I know you don't normally like those things, but if you like this this type of shit, yeah, you will really like that. I hated it. I watched it because I love the show. Right. But oh my god, it gave me the fucking creeps. Because mm. I think I was mentioning to you, but like, spoiler alert, not really, but kind of. But they like, the aliens came down in the 50s. Right. When President like Eisenhower was in office. Mm-hmm. And he made a deal with the aliens that the aliens could come in and collect uh, human subjects to try to procreate with them to create the like best hybrid that they could to further their population on our planet because their planet was like dying going to shit and then in in return they would give us all the technology we use now microwaves telephones like dude pa- okay. like everything okay think about this right the telephone wasn't even like invented or even looked at till like the 1900 area. Mm-hmm. We're in 2022 now. So let's say roughly in the last 100, 120, or whatever it is. Yeah. Technology has fucking rocketed. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> There's. There has got to be a point where something has happened or an alien spaceship fucking crashed. Military went, collected it all, studied it, and now we have iPhones, iPads, yeah, laptops, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. There is no fucking way. Yeah, they would take the human subjects also, and they would also be like, okay, well, what happens when everyone starts questioning all of the crazy amounts and numbers of disappearances that we're having of like people who just like go missing. Right. And they're like, Oh, don't worry about that. We have plans for that. We have wars. We have pandemics. We have like all these crazy things that are going to keep happening and popping up in, in society and in the news that are going to distract them from just random people disappearing without a trace. Um, and then they were like, and we, we uh, estimate that we can, and this was in the 50s that they started this, right? Mm-hmm. They say, oh, we estimate that in 2021 we will find these, the perfect specimen. And we have we have something planned to come out right before then that will distract them from anything that's going on at the time. Crazy. And that's fucking COVID. Right. So, like, literally everything in this season is just makes way too much sense. Way too much sense. You have to watch it. You would really, really like it. Damn, that, sounded, that does sound Sorry if that was a spoiler alert for everybody, but... Um, yeah, so that's. I think we need to stop talking about aliens right now, dude. I'm all about it. I'm. All... But yeah, I think we need to stop talking about aliens tonight because I'm gonna have some weird ass fucking dreams. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So, again, my theory is: Do I think their aliens are real? Yes. Do I think UFOs are real? Yes. Do I think there's other life forms out in space? Yes. But do I think they're underwater? And they have an underwater base everywhere and any kind of place in the water? Yes. Ew. Ew. Can't. Ew. I want to know. What I want to know is, are we going to Mars for some reason? I mean, I think that they're going to do anything they can to see if they can find anything. I mean, why wouldn't they if they have continuing technology? Right. But you can count me the fuck out of all of that. Dude, I want to go to space so bad. Nope. No thanks. Come on. I'll be here. I would totally be, I'll be a space cop. I'll be here drinking my wine and listening to my... Totally be a space cop. Ew. Can't do it. All right. Well, uh, that is everything for today. Oh. I know. So sad. Make sure to share our Patreon um, and give us a review. Follow us on Instagram at Spooks and Goofs Podcast. Send us um, any of your own stories. We want to hear your stories, too, so we can start some listener edition episodes. Including you being probed. <laughs> yes, we want to know <laughs> if you've been probed. But maybe, uh, I don't know, share what you would like and maybe leave out what you would not want to share. Um, 
I mean, we'll listen to anything, but, uh, yeah. So email us any of your own personal spooky stories to spooksandgoofspod at gmail.com. And until next time, stay spooky. Get goofy. Bye. Love you.